Welcome, everybody, to the Evolve Feminine Woman podcast series. This is episode six, Discovering Self After the Divorce. We have a special guest today. She's a poet, author, and speaker, and my homegirl from Chicago. Please welcome Mo Better. Hello, hello. Hey, sis, thank you so much for doing this. Yes, my sister, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So we are, you know, all about evolving women and empowering women. And your story is so, you know, intriguing to me. And I know that a lot of people will be blessed by your story. You know, you literally pulled yourself out of the mud and now you're living in your purpose and you're doing things on your terms. Yes. So please share with us a little bit about who you are and where you came from and all of that. All right. So um, as you stated, I am originally from Illinois, born as Monique Catlett. Um, but uh, over the years, developing my writing and poetry and being a spoken word performer and now author, um, my stage name, my name that I'm associated with is Mo Better. And um, as you hear more of my story, the name will make sense. Of course, Mo being the beginning of my name is Monique, um, but Better being having knowing better and the will and the courage to do better and be better. So um, that is where my name comes from. And uh, writing, I've been writing for years and years, all the way from high school forward. Um, I also wrote for my college newspaper as a, a columnist. I also did movie reviews, meeting some very talented actress, actors and actresses along the way. Um, and just uh, diving myself into um, who I am as a lover of words and the desire to speak and to share my personal experiences transparently um, with the hope of, you know, touching someone else who may be going through the same or similar experiences. Um, yes, that's what it's all about, sis. Yes. So uh, that's just a little bit about me. Um, as it relates to your topic today, as finding yourself after discovering yourself after divorce. Um, when I got married, I was 30 years old. I think my daughter was seven at the time. Um, and at the time that I got married, I should have been healing through so many different life experiences. And some of those experiences were um, being made to have an abortion at a very young age by my parents, um, dealing with promiscuity. I had gone through not one, but two domestic violence relationships back to back, which uh, both of my children are products of domestic violence. Um, addiction, after dealing with domestic violence, I turned to addiction. Um, to cope with the things that I had been going through up to that point. And then I finally, um, after 
my uh, domestic violence and addiction transitioned here to Texas, still um, under the realm of addiction, but trying, you know, trying yeah. to be better and be uh, better, yeah. not even just solely for myself, but because I had this young child, um, you know, that was at my hip and needed, you know, to be, depend on me and be secure and safe and all those things that we want for our children. And so um, my time in Texas, at the initial time that I came to Texas, I was here for about a year of going up and down and through it. And I finally came across a transitional housing program um, that accepted myself and my daughter and gave me some relief in the sense of not having to take care of all the adult responsibilities of maintaining a roof over my head and bills and so forth. So um, they gave me a two bedroom apartment. Uh, they paid all the expenses. They took care of childcare. And they told me that all I had to do was to either go to school, go to work, and the one requirement that I struggled with the most was that I had to go to church every Sunday. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, mind you, at that point, um, this was about 2002. And at that point, I had church for over 10 years. Um, okay. Simply because I, I was hurt by religion. And I was hurt about the things that had transpired in my life while under religion in mm -hmm. my parents' household. And I was mad at God. I was yeah. like, why, if, if you're God, then why am I having to go through these things? And why aren't you protecting me or covering me? And I know now it's because he needed somebody to walk through those things, to be able to share with other people. Amen. I, I always say that it's not about us. Yes. You know, you, and it's really okay to ask God that question. Why? Why? Yes. And to get that answer, okay, it's not about you. You're going to one day help somebody with your story. Yes. What we're doing right now. Okay. Sorry yes. to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, not at all. He, you know, he, he chooses those who he believes has the wherewithal, the yes. strength to come through on the other end. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, I, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so, you know, blessed. You know, I don't have, profess to have it all together, you know, but I know that he's keeping me together. Absolutely. You know, and um, still molding me and shaping me, you know, in the pathway that I've now become to understand is where I'm supposed to be going. Yes, yes. So when you actually, you know, started to go to church and you started to learn more about you and mm -hmm. when you entered into your marriage, share your state of mind and where you were, you know, mentally when you actually entered into your marriage. Okay, so... When I'm, I let's preface this by the man that I married had been a longtime friend. Mm -hmm. I had known this man from the time that I was 14 years old. 
and we were literally best friends. So when I came here to Texas, he was still back at home in Chicago. And it was him that really helped me mentally to kind of speak through what I was going through here in Texas. And so he was really, truly a friend and somebody that I could connect with that was familiar because I didn't have anyone familiar here. Okay. And um, he decided, he and his family decided to come here to Texas. They were going through some challenges. And when they got here, the woman that he was with decided that she didn't want to be here. She didn't like it here. And she was leaving. Okay. So here I am. Once he got here, I had just graduated from my transitional housing program. So I had been in a one bedroom apartment with my child who was about six years old. And I was just starting to reacquaint myself with what it was to be able to take care of me and this child, you know, being able to pay rent, maintain a job, you know, all those, those important things, you know, keeping the lights on, the gas on, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it took just to have a roof over our heads. And then he came here with his family and they moved into their own space. And once his significant other decided that she didn't want to be here anymore, he was kind of left high and dry. Okay. So okay. He, he started, you know, going to church with me and everything while while they were here. And then when she decided that she was going to leave, he came to me and said, hey, friend, I really don't want to go back to Chicago. I don't have anything to go back to. Would you consider allowing me to move in with you so that, you know, I can get on my feet and you know, try to establish myself here in Texas. And my first thought was, hell no. Nah. You know, <laughs> I, you know yeah. I, I was in that space like I've been there before. I've, I have been that woman, that young woman who was relying on a man yeah. to help me keep it together or not, not even just keep it together. I like having a companion. Right. You know, but yeah, we we think sometimes that we need that. We right. think like okay, if we don't have that then we are incomplete. So Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But the thing was, he was just my friend, right? Right. So with that mindset, you know, I I, I prayed on it and I said, "Okay, God, I know what it's like to be in his shoes as his friend. I know what it's like to not have a place to stay because I just came out of a a homeless shelter. I know what it's like to not have a job. I know what it's like to, you know, not have a vehicle. And so on those premises, I said, I went from hell nah to okay. Okay. And I, I even went to the extent of leasing a bigger apartment so that he could have his own room. Okay. So my daughter okay. and I, So you had no, you didn't have any interest in him no, like that. Okay. I did not. Okay. I I was purely on the friendship level. Okay. So we we moved in together and he's, you know, attending church with me and so forth. And um one day he came to me. Now, Magic, this man has known me since I was 14 years old. 
So okay. he knows a lot about me. He knows mm-hmm. about my family. He knows about my upbringing and religion. He even knows other men that I've dated. Okay. So he comes to me one day and he says, God told me that you was going to be my wife. Mm. Lord. <laughs> and I'm like, are we talking to the same God? <laughs> you know, I didn't hear that one, God. You didn't get that memo. <laughs> and I'm just like, now at the time that he comes to me with this information, I was at my heaviest weight. Okay. I was not feeling very attractive. I was still low self-esteem, low self-confidence, you know, okay. and I was broke. <laughs> I was I mean, I was broke, broke. I was So you broke. said this must be God. This right. must be God. Right. So I'm a I'm a you know, I'm like, okay, well it might make sense. You know, right. I got all these have nots to have someone that could come along that cares about me. That's yes. really my friend and that wants to continue to help me, you know, get through the next steps and stages in life as an adult, as a woman, as a parent. And, yes. you know, this has my best interest. So that was a blessing. That you. was it was a blessing. Absolutely. But it does not mean that it was the direction that I was supposed okay. to take. Okay. Um, so, so let's let's touch a minute on that. Okay. You said yes, it was a blessing. Yes, this is God sent. This is this is right on time. Mm-hmm. But you said it wasn't necessarily the direction that you felt like God was taking you. Right. So explain that to us. I say that because I was also a single parent. I spent the first seven years of my daughter's life not focusing on my daughter. I was focused Mm. on my own pains. I was focused on where my next uh, hit was going to come from in addiction. Okay. You know, I was um, not spiritually grounded. Even though I had been going to church all my life, church had been about the religion. Mm. It wasn't about the relationship. Come on. And I had not secured and really cultivated the relationship that I should have had with my creator mm-hmm. at that time when marriage became an idea. Okay. Okay. Um, so it was then, more of a convenience, yes. you feel like, instead of actually a direction from God. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. And a lot of times we can take the good in something and not look at the the other side of things. Not that it was bad, but yeah. the, you still have to look at your purpose. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and this is this is so good right here because okay, here it is that you have this convenience. It's clearly a blessing mm-hmm. to you, but from what I'm hearing, there was more. You felt more. You felt yes. like okay, God, there's more. So, All God wanted me to do was to rely on him. Oh, come and on. So, go ahead, sis. I'm sorry, I got excited. <laughs> because the thing about it is, is that when you're in that space where there ain't nothing but him, come on, people can come as distractions, and we yeah. call it a blessing. 
Yes, yes. But sis, this is this is this is the part where I want to get to the courage. Yes, that you actually t- that you display and actually listening to. Okay, there's more. I mean, what mindset? How long did you stay? Because we as women, we stay because we feel like, okay, God, this must be it. Mm-hmm. I know that there's more. I feel that there's more. Yes, and I, I this is convenient. This is safe. So yes. I can either stay comfortable or I can listen to what you're saying to me. So yes. how long did you stay and at what point did you say, God, I know that there's more and I'm going to follow what you have? Yes. Well, I, I we got married and I was telling him as early as five years into the marriage that I, I wanted a divorce. Okay. So, and you know, five years goes by really quickly. Mm-hmm. It, 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 was, it wasn't long before I realized that, yes, he's my friend, but... That does not mean we're supposed to be married. Gotcha. It does not mean just because we friend well does not mean we marriage well. And a lot uh-huh. of people say, oh, what better person to marry than your best friend? I'm here to tell you that that's not always true. Okay. Because, okay. and I say that because, I mean, as women, we, most of us have that woman that we call best friend. Right. There are a lot of women that also have men as best friends. But when you say best friend, that's your road dog. That's the person you're going to tell everything and all things. When it comes to a marriage and you're saying this man is quote unquote your best friend, there are things that you don't and should not say to protect the person's ego, to protect the person's Mm. You know, feeling safe space. You know what I'm saying? You just you you want to say it, but yeah. And and, and in a relationship, you know, you should you should have that open and honest communication. Yes, you. You you saying that you didn't have you didn't feel the clearance to actually. I didn't have that. that. Okay. Okay. I didn't have that. Um, same clearance. Now, there were things that I would tell him as my friend when we were friends, but mm-hmm. when we got married, I I could not be that transparent with him because, yeah, because I, your innermost, your innermost was literally talking to you. Right? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And and it really kind of felt like because I felt like he was clinging more to me than I mm. was. So he was mostly in in um, the feminine energy, and you think yes. you were mainly in the okay. And that yes. happens so much in marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we're so out of alignment with our original role and where it is that yes. we're to be that we're trying to feed off of each other, and we're out of alignment, and it's just crazy. Yes. So that's kind of what what it was. He was leaning more on you, looking for you, and you all yes. decide just like, okay, God, what, what? Okay. Wanted me to make all the decisions. Wanted me to, you know, if I didn't say so, it wasn't so. You know what I'm saying? He was not that leader, that stronghold that I needed to redirect me to being the feminine that I'm supposed to be. Come on, that's a masculine, right? Exactly. Absolutely. I had I was doing all kinds of you know masculine energy up until that point in the marriage, and never was able to fall back and say, "I just want to be a princess. I just want to, yes, a girl. I just want to." 
you know, I just want to. I just want to be mean. I, I don't want this. I, I like being a woman. I yes. don't want to take on your role. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never knew who she was. Absolutely. Before marriage or after the marriage. So during this process, Mo, mm-hmm. you going through this. What was this doing to you? Were you growing resentful towards him because you were always in that masculine energy? Were you? Yes. How were you feeling? Because. You know, I teach. All I was time. feeling trapped. Okay, you were feeling. I trapped. was really That's feeling it. trapped, and there were so many areas in the marriage where I wasn't being fulfilled. But it wasn't that I wasn't being fulfilled because I knew what that level of fulfillment was. It was because I had never explored what fulfilling myself was before trying to get married. Okay, so you didn't really know you. You no. just okay. Right. I, I so, was just going through the motions of trying to survive. Absolutely. You know, from from day to day, from situation to situation, just trying to maintain and do what I thought it was to be an adult woman. Absolutely. Okay, so you 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 in this marriage, you five years in, and you knew at that point that God was realizing that this is not my truth. Mm-hmm. This is not my real, real. So how long did it actually take you to say, I can't do this anymore? I can't betray who I am anymore for this? Well, um, it was in about the 14th year. Okay. <laughs> that, this, is, this is what I want to get yeah. to. <laughs> the 14th year, you know, I had done things in this marriage that were not marriage-like. Okay. And why, Mo? Because you wasn't fulfilled in it? I wasn't fulfilled in the marriage. I wasn't um, connected anymore. I had detached from not just the being the wife, but even being the friend. Okay. Um, I, I We went through so many things, financial challenges, health challenges, you know, um, and when you live with somebody, it's different from being their friend and they're living in their own space. When you bring two people together that ideally live differently, mm. it was just things that I was like, I didn't sign up for this. this okay. So the, that's what they, the deal breakers, as they say, like, you know, and then you give a person an opportunity, you voice to them, Hey, I don't really like this. Or can you do this differently? Or, you know, can you do it this way? And mm-hmm. they okay, they understand, and then they they try to appease you and change. But then, mm. you know, two, three days, three weeks later, they're back to the same old them. And that's right. because there are things that, as adults, when you come together, there's things that you're conditioned to doing by yourself that don't yeah. necessarily change. Or you don't see as a problem or a pet peeve for the next person that you're trying to come together with. Okay, Mo, this is a question. Mm -hmm. Did you like him? I liked him. Yes, of course. But, I mean, like, attracted. No. I I never, before marrying him. But listen, never... this is why I asked. This is why I asked that question mm-hmm. because you know all of the things that you mentioned. You know when you guys are coming together, you're living together. When you like somebody, you yes. gotta overlook stuff. 
And so that's why I asked you, do you did you like him? Because all of those things were getting on your nerve. Mm-hmm. Because your truth, your truth was literally letting you know, hey, this ain't it. Right. Okay. Well, it's okay. the it's the the settling thing. You know, mm. you try. I made every effort to look over certain things. I did. Okay. Um, but I just I'm a very I, I, being an artist, because I am a poet, I'm a writer, is a form of art, and I'm very eccentrically connected to many arts, music, painting, photography. I, I immerse myself in the industry of art. That's the divine feminine. She creates. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very, I move and I operate by my senses. I'm very sense oriented, whether it's smell, visual, taste, all those things come into play. And they come into play with relationships, with food, Mm -hmm. with with so many different things. You in tune with who you are. Yes. And you know, you you get in them downloads about truth. So like, okay. And when you are in tune with those things, you can try with all your might hmm. to excuse or forgive certain things that are out of context with how you typically operate. <laughs> but <laughs> wait, Mo, so you can try with all your might. You basically, try. what you said is to lie to yourself. Yes, that's <laughs> true. Gonna be like, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna be able to do it. I don't, I'm not gonna be able to do it. So, that's that's actually what took place you yes. finally said i gotta stop lying to myself exactly and yeah. stop and when you stop lying to yourself you are very likely to hurt somebody else yeah. because they want you to be the person that was lying yeah they want you to continue in that a- arena yeah to, to yep. save their feelings so they yeah. can feel better about who they are absolutely and and I always tell women, you know, put your oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. You can't be anything to anybody if yes. you're not truthful to yourself. So yes. kudos to you for actually having the courage to listen to yes. yourself and, and be honest with yourself and to stop lying to yourself. Right. So now you, you, you have discovered this about mm-hmm. yourself and you actually left this marriage. Yes. And so now tell us who Monique is. Well, Monique is healing. I'm acknowledging certain things about who I thought I was, who I'm Mm. supposed to be, who I'm growing into, and I'm evolving into that woman. Come on. And it, it it doesn't look pretty to, to me all the time. And it certainly doesn't look pretty and accepting to a lot of people that have come to know me. Yes. They've come to know me in a certain space. There are people that know only know the married mo better. Okay. You see? So when they see the the version that is healing and growing to love more of herself they don't necessarily like it they don't necessarily understand it they they don't want to accept it 
because they want you to continue to be that person that they knew you as. Yeah. So what practices do you do to, you know, get to yourself? What do you do on a daily basis to get to you? Well, I start with daily affirmations. Yes. I start with, you know, um, having that relationship that I was not formally introduced to having when I was in my upbringing with God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I try to exercise more, eat better, take care yeah. of my insides as well as my outsides. Yes. You know, yes. Um, and just really doing all that I can to protect my energy because yes. I know that Mo is not for everybody. But I also know that there's an assignment Come on. in my life. And yes. I'm going to have to be okay with people not being okay with me. Yes. And that's and with- really the hard, hardest part of some of it because you want everybody wants to be likable, you know? Yeah. You want to at the expense of self. Sometimes yeah. we want it so bad that we get into that people pleasing and we lose self in that. Yes. You know? So yes, and I have spent a lot of time pleasing other folks yeah. and trying to do things the way that other people see fit so that their energy and their face is protected. Yes. I am super, super proud of you. I am. And I'm so honored that you shared with us today. And I know that you have a piece of your poetry that you want to share with the group. So I'm going to, I'm going to open up the platform for that. And thank you again so much for doing this. We are definitely going to do this again because you know, we could talk about it, girl. Yes. So, Ladies and gentlemen, I know y'all in there snooping on us on this <laughs> podcast. Please allow Mo Better to share with us a piece of her work. Thank you so much. Okay, so this piece that I'm going to share with you all, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I actually published it within the book that I co-authored last year. Again, the name of the book is Hillionaire. And Hillionaire is an acronym, mm. healing, if you will. So the H is for hope. The E is for evolve. A is for acknowledge. L is for love. I is for inspire. And N is for nourish. So it's healing air. Okay. Okay. I love it. So, um, and just to give a short little snippet of what the entire book is about. It's a book by myself and two other authors, awesome authors and poets um, about our journey through healing. So, um, and the two chapters that were written by me are the Evolve chapter and Acknowledge chapter. So the piece I'm going to read to you all is in the chapter of uh evolving and the Perfect. name of the piece is called flawed to flight okay i loved him and i left him 
I left him free to be the man he needed to be before I met him. We were both needing second chances to learn and love self. We were two beings tattered and torn from the experiences and trials that life had borne us into thus far. Far from innocence and perfection and even farther from self-resurrection. We took a power walk into unorthodox circumstances hundreds of miles away from where we both called home. Being together simply meant the comfort of not being alone. So we jumped the broom in a courthouse room, a bride and a groom, not quite the picture I had painted in my dreams. I wanted all the frilly things, the thoughtful proposal, the dazzling ring, the princess gown and the ride in the limousine, the ultimate Cinderella fantasy looked nothing like where I was standing. But my feet seemed planted in cement. I stood there making a life decision with somebody that I never should have imagined myself with. This was that off limits shit. About to go in deep with a man that I wasn't even in love with. How did I get here? Drawing blurred lines with a permanent marker. He wasn't super fine or a smooth talker. He was simply and truly my friend. And that should have been the end, but we took it to another level. Based on both of our individual needs to shake failure off of our backs, the pressing fears of starting over. Me, a single parent, physically and emotionally scarred, soft and delicate but by life's experiences appearing hard. No family, no friends, just me and my kid. Him, a passive man, coming out of a 13-year situationship, never allowing opposition to be heard from his lips, wearing a cape for everyone while needing to be rescued himself. <laughs> I lost the respect of family and friends, but for him, it was an ultimate win. I sacrificed my dignity and self-respect, but for him, it was a self-endorsed check. He wasn't my type, but for him, I was the desired trophy wife. Questioning our morals and values, shortchanging our true worth, a vicious cycle of being defiant to healing self first. I want out. So I loved him and I left him to evolve into who I was meant to be, assassinate this false identity, determined to meet the real me. I have carried a lifetime of self-doubt, regurgitating the lies I have been fed, belly full, but you can't birth what's dead. Abort mission, reaching back to bring my destiny into fruition. Let the metamorphosis begin. Evolve out of to heal from within. And that is that piece. Woohoo! I got my lighter and my my snapping. Girl, that was <laughs> awesome. I love it. Thank you. So tell tell everybody where they can find you, your your social media, your pages, whatever you want to share. Okay, so I am on Instagram 
as M-O underscore K-N-O-W-M-O-B-E-T-T-A. That's Mo underscore No Mo Better. I am also on Facebook with the same tagline. Instead of an underscore, it will be a space. Mo space K-N-O-W-M-O-B-E-T-T-A. And if you're a TikToker, I'm also on TikTok. Same tag. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, and I do remain active in the poets and spoken word community. I believe I have a show coming up uh, here toward the end of July. It's on a Thursday, but I will have to come back to you, Cassandra, uh, for certain with um, the location and the time for that. But I want okay, to say you could just post it on the page. Okay, we'll I will do that. Yeah. But yeah, um, please, please, please uh, follow me if you're interested in my story and my poetry and coming out to see me perform. Um, I've truly enjoyed sharing with you all today, and I look forward to more opportunities to share um, and get, you know, peel back some of the layers and get deep into this stuff that uh, we as evolving feminine and women should be focusing on. Yes. Thank you so much. We are definitely going to have you back. I enjoyed this so this has been the Evolved Feminine Woman podcast, episode six, Discovering Self After the Divorce. This is Coach K. I love you guys. Later. Later. <laughs>